Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We start with mounting evidence BC is making at least a little bit of progress, bending the curve in the fight against the COVID 19 pandemic. New case numbers released today are encouraging. Health officials say 53 more people have tested positive, bringing that total to 1,174. Sadly, we lost four more people to the virus. But the picture Canada-wide is not as positive. A dire warning today from Ontario Premier Doug Ford. His province's pandemic modelling data shows between 3,000 and 5,000 deaths can be expected. At the same time, U.S. President Donald Trump has added another potential landmine to Canada's COVID fight, ordering a major producer of N95 masks to stop shipping them north. Aaron MacArthur reports. Across the country, a stark reminder about the impact of COVID-19. Quebec asking for military help in remote parts of the province, and Ontario laying out its projections for infections and hospitalizations. The numbers painting a grim picture as healthcare resources stretched past their breaking point. We are trying everything we can to continue to increase the capacity that we have to uh, respond to this disease. Ontario health officials feared the death toll could be as many as 15,000. Thanks to drastic measures implemented in that province after spring break, the number now projected to be much lower. Best case scenario, Ontario still short 900 ICU beds and expects the death toll to hover around 1,600 by the end of April. That's 50 a day, or that's two people every hour. Meanwhile, the federal government stunned Friday to learn the White House has ordered 3M to stop exporting N95 masks to Canada. And I do want to assure Canadians that this is a huge priority for our government. President Trump enacting the Defense Production Act and requiring companies to serve the domestic market. And hopefully they'll be able to do what they are supposed to do. The CEO of 3M quick to respond. Uh, the narrative that we are not doing everything we can to maximize delivery of respirators in our home country. Nothing could be further from the truth. The Prime Minister announcing Friday a new partnership with Amazon Canada to directly distribute PPE across the country. We've seen a number of Canadian companies stepping up their productions, which will be flowing soon. Uh, we're also receiving more shipments from places around the world. With the economy in near total shutdown, and billions in benefits that some economists believe will still exclude millions of Canadians. The federal government providing $100 million to help support food banks across the nation. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Back here at home, the emphasis and concern once again today from health officials was travel and airports. While B.C. is making progress in the fight against the pandemic, if those returning home ignore self-isolation rules, a backward slide is all but inevitable. Keith Baldry reports. 
We are in the middle of it. We're in the thick of things right now. Dr. Bonnie Henry says it's crunch time in our efforts to combat the COVID-19 virus in this province. We see what's happening in Ontario and Quebec and uh, in our neighbours in Alberta. This is our time to hold the line. We must be unwavering in our commitment to keep our firewall up here in BC, to keep it strong and to flatten our curve. And there appears to be mounting evidence that the curve is indeed bending. Hospitalizations are down slightly and the number in intensive care is down a bit as well. And our rate of recovery continues to improve and now sits at 57% of all cases. Long-term care homes, though, continue to be a concern as they are where the vast majority of deaths from the virus have occurred. We have had an increase in deaths once again um, with four more people who have succumbed to this disease and again related, three of them were um, related to the outbreaks at Harrow Park or Lynn Valley. With so many Canadians now heading home from overseas, Health Minister Adrian Dix is calling on tougher measures to be on hand to ensure anyone arriving is isolated. Clearly uh, there needs to be a much stronger um, uh, presence and response at airports. We have to have a vastly greater capacity to, uh, to use the Quarantine Act, which has been used in British Columbia, but uh, we need a much stronger capacity to do that. We need to actively follow up with cases. And for the first time, the minister released details on how many elective surgeries have been cancelled, as hospital beds have been cleared to wait a potential deluge of COVID-19 victims. So far, the list includes more than 1,200 hip and knee replacements, 240 dental surgeries, and more than 7,800 other surgeries. We're committed to getting back to these procedures. I know everyone involved in surgical care in BC, the uh, anesthesiologists, the surgeons, the nurses, everyone involved is committed to doing that, ensuring that we have access uh, in, the, in the future. All right, Keith Baldry joins us with more now. Keith, how many Canadian travelers are we talking about? And what have you learned about enforcement when it comes to self-isolation? Yeah, the number of travelers, I think, is going to shock people, Sophie. Right now, almost 400,000 Canadians abroad have registered with the federal agency Global Affairs Canada, uh, some of them seeking uh, assistance to come home. And that's only the people who've registered. There's probably many more on top of that. Uh, and they're all coming through four entry points, Vancouver, Calgary, Montreal, or Toronto. So a lot are coming through YVR. In terms of enforcement, I have heard things from uh, ministry officials about uh, using the Quarantine Act to literally force people to reside in hotels, to be taken directly from YVR to a hotel. There's a lot of empty hotel rooms right now and hotels themselves. So the measures could be quite stiff and onerous depending on how people behave in the coming weeks. All right, we'll see how it all unfolds. Keith Baldry reporting. As most people in this province heed the warnings about staying at home and reducing travel, BC Ferries has been seeing traffic drop off substantially. And today the company announced some big changes. Romina Dea is live at Horseshoe Bay and Romina, some serious cuts to both routes and to staff we learned about today. The temporary job losses, Chris, are just staggering. BC Ferries is saying that traffic has plummeted by 80%. At the current rate, the company is hemorrhaging more than $10 million a week. Now, as a result of that, ferry traffic is being cut by roughly 50%, and more than 1,400 employees have been laid off. That's almost 30% of the workforce. Well, there's so much uncertainty about how this is going to go, you know. I mean, these are just unprecedented times. Uh, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no playbook, no roadmap for this. I can say that we're losing about $1.5 million a day right now. 
with these service reductions, that number will drop off a bit, you know, maybe uh, down to about a million a day. Uh, but it's, it's, it's huge. Uh, and we have to absorb that all ourselves. As I say, there's no backstop for that. So we're absorbing it for now. We are willing to do that for now, but we'll have to talk about what it means in the future. Now, the changes to service come into effect this Saturday. One of the most significant is the Horseshoe Bay to Nanaimo run. That is being cancelled to Watson to Swartz Bay and to Watson to Duke Point. The traffic on these runs has been cut by half. Brentwood Bay to Mill Bay has also been suspended. Horseshoe Bay to Langdale is also being affected and changes are coming for the southern Gulf Islands. Now, these changes will be in effect for 60 days. The corporation will be monitoring traffic over this time. The company says that it is committed to making sure that essential goods are getting through to smaller communities. Back to you. All right, Ramina Day and West Van, thank you. All right, we are getting a clearer picture now of just how the pandemic is decimating B.C. businesses. A survey of thousands of business owners shows many fear they won't survive this crisis. Here's Richard Zussman. For 30 years, the Rocky Mountaineer has allowed people from around the world to experience British Columbia's splendor. Now the COVID-19 pandemic is threatening to run it off the tracks. Quite frankly, for anybody in tourism and hospitality, it's devastating. The iconic tourist attraction has suspended the start of its season until July 1st. Just one of thousands of BC businesses railroaded by a virus crippling the economy. We've had to take the steps of laying off close to half of our full-time workforce. There's another big chunk that's been into reduced work hours, and we've had to tell about 450 seasonal workers that we don't have employment with them until we start running again. With trains parked and boats anchored, the business community is now teaming up to get a sense of the impact, not just for the tourism sector, but for all businesses across the province. And the results are startling. Well, there's no question that uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has been crushing for many businesses. Of the 1,900 businesses surveyed, half have seen revenue drops of more than 75%. More than 50% are concerned they will not have the fiscal capacity to restart their business. And among those laying off staff, organizations have laid off an average of 43 employees. And these won't just be short-term impacts. We're going to have a consumer that's tapped out, uh, which typically have led uh, recoveries back. And we've also got this global economy that's going to see a material decline in demand for some of the things that we sell internationally that create wealth for British Columbia. All businesses waiting for financial support from both Victoria and Ottawa to kick in. It's clear that businesses don't have that kind of time. They need cash in their hands right away so that they can survive this crisis. But for companies like the Rocky Mountaineer, if the customers don't come back soon, their futures will be stopped dead in their tracks. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. More Metro Vancouver restaurants are jumping on board a local campaign designed to help frontline workers. The Anchor Eatery in West Vancouver is one of many smaller restaurants taking part in Feed the Frontline Canada. That campaign raises money for local restaurants to make meals for healthcare workers so they don't have to worry about packing a lunch. Since they launched a week ago, the group has delivered more than 1,800 meals to staff at VGH, St. Paul's and Lynn Valley Care Centre. The intent of this was to feed the frontline heroes um, and that's the kind of sole reason we started but the secondary outcome is that we're able to support some of our local restaurants uh we want them to be 
open and we want them to keep having their teams working. Uh, anything we can do in this time to keep each other employed, I think is extremely important. If you want to help support the cause, you can check out the Feed the Frontline Canada page on GoFundMe. The city of Vancouver is rolling out new measures to protect vulnerable residents on the downtown east side. Jennifer Palma has more on the efforts to shield that community from COVID-19. The downtown east side is fighting to keep COVID-19 at bay, but it's a place where physical distancing can be a challenge. The city of Vancouver announcing response is being stepped up. The latest information I have is that there are no confirmed outbreaks or clusters in the downtown east side, but we need to take more steps in order to keep it that way for longer. The city adding more hygiene stations and securing contracts to have two weeks of commercial cleaning in 21 private SROs and two weeks of meal delivery to 1,100 residents in private SROs. In addition to offering housing at the Coal Harbour and Roundhouse community centres for those who are homeless. The mayor saying BC Housing has also secured hundreds of hotel rooms, all to help those in need make self-isolation happen. All these measures are merely stopgaps. We are talking to senior levels of government and other funding partners from charitable and philanthropic communities about how we can keep these programs going as we head toward the peak of the outbreak. Another challenge facing the area, there are two public health emergencies, the COVID-19 pandemic and the opioid overdose crisis. To help promote physical distancing and reduce overdoses, the province is trying to make it easier for those with addictions to get access to safe drugs, but the rollout is having some issues. I'm not sure it's widely known yet in the downtown east side that... Um that a safe supply is available and, and there are not enough doctors to, uh, to meet this sort of demand in a timely way. The city stating Vancouver recorded eight suspected overdose deaths last week, the highest number since August of 2019. Now the city is looking for your help to stop the spread of the virus in the downtown east side, setting up a website at giveahandvancouver.ca. Jennifer Palma, Global News. Another unfortunate example tonight of how some people are taking advantage of the COVID-19 crisis. Frontline staff at New Westminster's Royal Columbian Hospital say commuters have been abusing the new free parking policy, taking spots that are supposed to be for health care workers. Catherine Urquhart reports. How's the parking going in there? There is no parking. Outside Royal Columbian Hospital in New Westminster, a couple hunts for a much-needed parking space. Are you here for an appointment? Yeah, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> and no parking? No. no. Oh, boy. Okay, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm just going to circle around. I'll, I'll stay in the car, and she'll phone me when she's ready. Parking here and at other hospitals is temporarily free after staff faced parking tickets while working extended hours caring for COVID-19 patients. Problem is, now those free spaces have been taken, possibly by SkyTrain users and construction workers. Well, I mean, it's all supposed to be staff parking, but the thing is now it's free parking, so it's kind of crazy getting parking. It's a nightmare. <laughs> really? <laughs> it is. It's great that it's free and everything, but there's absolutely nowhere to park now. Healthcare workers are beyond frustrated. One emergency room doctor posted this video. Folks, please. This was meant for hospital patients who require access to the hospital. And this was also meant for nurses and physicians to have access. In response, 
BC's health minister has issued a warning. And we'll be enforcing, even though parking may be free, it's our intention to ensure that everybody who parks, everybody who parks, is, um, is, uh, does so with uh, legitimate reason. A solution is needed soon, says Dr. Castile, who was delayed starting her Friday shift. And it's just a shame. And honestly, for, for the patients that need it most, like the cancer patients and the patients who need to come in and get their labs or their treatment, it breaks my heart that they can't get access to the hospital the way that they should. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. There has been another crackdown on Metro Vancouver residents trying to profit from the COVID-19 crisis. These are N95 and surgical masks that were being sold on Craigslist. Delta police set up two recent stings. In one, a Burnaby resident showed up in a luxury vehicle looking to sell masks for $15 a piece, plus a $300 delivery fee. A second person was selling 3,000 masks for $2,200. Both were given $500 fines for operating a business without a license. Like everyone else, uh, our, our officers and our families have all been impacted by this pandemic. And our officers definitely want to do their part to uh, discourage, heavily discourage, uh, anyone who might be trying to uh, profit from this crisis. The more than 5,300 seized masks will now be handed over to the Fraser Health Authority. Right now, though, while most of us are complying with the public health emergency, there are some in complete denial that COVID-19 is a threat. A Delta Yoga Studio director is not only denying the virus is a risk, he's harassing those on the front lines. And as Nitu Garcha shows us, BC's Solicitor General is now threatening action. Cover your cough, separate yourself. Matt Parhar is at a drive through testing centre. Man, they're like freaking out. Keep windows rolled up. There's a sign over there that's saying keep windows rolled up. When he shouldn't be. What a joke. The COVID-19 denier and flat earth believer posted this YouTube video Thursday at the site in Burnaby. He said he didn't know he needed a referral. It's just sad how, how people are just self-isolating themselves, just perpetrating that fear. This comes two weeks after Parhar's yoga studio in Delta was shut down after he misled members in claiming hot yoga fights the novel coronavirus. He claims the studio's license was suspended because of a miscommunication with a bylaw officer and he wasn't clear about the new guidelines. Still, he continued breaking physical distancing rules, according to this video, streamed live on Sunday of a meetup with children and adults. So I'm glad I had it. One meetup at my yoga studio before I closed. So we didn't get any harassment. We didn't practice social distancing because crapvid19 is a uh, crapid19 is a complete hoax. Then there's this one. Just trying to see where I should go. Cardiac. Where's respiratory? Parhar is seen walking through Royal Columbian Hospital over the weekend. He says he was investigating whether the pandemic is real. Look at this. In a lengthy phone call with Global News, Parhar cited his freedoms under the Canadian Charter to not believe everything he's told. Here's what BC Solicitor General has to say. There is a small minority, a very small minority, like this idiot, um, who are doing what they're doing. Farnworth says Parhar's actions have been reported to and will be investigated by police and charges could be laid. He's calling on the police to investigate. I say bring it on. I say tell the police to go investigate where this pandemic is. There is no place for this kind of activity by, uh, to put it bluntly, a narcissistic, self-centered idiot. And that's what this individual is. 
Neetu Garcha, Global News. A new Westminster medical clinic doing crucial COVID-19 testing is in a battle with its landlord. The Royal Columbia Medical Clinic is one of BC's few approved testing locations, but the landlord and some other tenants are making it difficult to carry on. John Hua reports. From regular sanitization. And then we talk about the shortages of the resources. To personal protective equipment for medical staff. This is what it looks like in one of BC's clinic-turned-COVID-19 testing sites. I needed to step up and provide the space uh, as it was urgently required. The idea having designated sites for people in the community with flu or COVID-19 symptoms limits exposure to other clinics. Just trying to stem the tide and keep everybody safe and protected, keep our patients home and screen the patients that required to be screened. But the landlords of the building didn't see it that way. First demanding Royal Columbia Medical Clinic cease all COVID-19 testing. And then we face this uh, onslaught um, and harassment from the landlord trying to do everything in their power to get the clinic to close. When Global News contacted the landlords, they claimed the clinic was subleasing the unit for testing without their permission, but acknowledged they had no power to shut it down. The COVID-19 was set up without any kind of a notice, acknowledgement, anything to us. I can reassure people that uh, if they are um, clinics that are being established by our health authorities, that all of the safety precautions that are needed are being taken and that people shouldn't worry. Rohani denies any harassment. They're focused now isolating the airflow of the testing site from the rest of the building. They have no right to do what they've done and my hope is that the province can intervene. The landlords insist they have an obligation to other tenants who voice their concerns. The clinic says it's just following provincial orders to help stop this pandemic. John Hua, Global News. A BC couple can't wait to get off the Coral Princess cruise ship, which is finally set to make landfall in Fort, La Fort Lauderdale on Saturday. There are now 13 confirmed cases of COVID-19 on board. Passengers are confined to their rooms and need to put on masks and gloves just to accept delivery of their meals. The ship, with more than 1,000 passengers on board, including 97 Canadians, has been at sea for more than two weeks after last making landfall in Buenos Aires. Maple Ridge's Dennis and Linda Connolly say they wanted to cancel the trip, but Princess Cruises would not give them a refund and still hasn't told them what's going to happen when they dock. We're very hopeful that we get, you know, on Saturday, if the government has a plane for us or if the Princess of Rain flights for us, that we can just get off the ship, go straight to the airport and gone. Get back into Canada. That's the big hope. You know, ideally, I'd love to get to Vancouver, but right now I know it would probably be Toronto or uh, Montreal first. And I'm not sure but we may if we have to go into quarantine there or if we can do it out of Vancouver and go to our home because we are healthy. That would be 100%, but we'll see what happens. We don't know. Two other cruise ships, the Zandam and Rotterdam, have now berthed in Fort Lauderdale. At least 76 passengers and crew are suffering from COVID-19-like symptoms. And while some of the passengers, including some Canadians, have now disembarked, most of the passengers are now being kept on board. Major road work projects across Metro Vancouver normally get started at this time of year. But with virtually no traffic, as well as the current health and financial crises, 
Is this an opportunity to get the roads repaved much faster? Jordan Armstrong reports. These pothole-plagued roads have something in common with thousands of laid-off British Columbians. Both are in dire need of work. So Port Moody resident Rob McGregor has an idea. It might make sense for the Metro Vancouver Regional District to put together a city consortium because there's enough cities in this area that maybe they could combine work crews to get at the roads when there's very little traffic, less impact to the movement of the traffic, and people that need work. BC's top doctor has said construction can continue with precautions in place. Construction sites are not a, as high a risk environment as we know because they're mostly outdoors. So there's ways of mitigating risk in those sites. Metro Vancouver Regional District did not grant an interview Friday, but we asked Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart what he thinks of the idea. We are taking the direct advice from the, uh, from, from the health service as to how we can proceed safely for all workers. Uh, the other thing is we're trying to balance internally how much of the internal work do we ramp down but also allows us to be prepared for the federal funding that we know that will come to kickstart the economy. The BC Ministry of Transportation, which is responsible for highways, is not embracing the idea either, saying in a statement they're sticking to current roadwork timelines and construction schedules. McGregor feels waiting doesn't make sense. Right now is the time, because the roads need repairing, people need work, the traffic is light, Personally, I just think it's a really, really good combination right now that's going to produce a lot of wins. Jordan Armstrong, Global News.